Hello, my name is Samuel George London, and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book artist and charming chap Clark Bint about what comics he would take into a solar storm reset apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, the Comic Scene Comic Club. Available from just £5 a month or £30 a year, you can get monthly issues of the history of comics, shift, brawler and specials of Pat Mills' Space Warp. To find out more and subscribe to the Comic Club, visit comicscene.org. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Clark Bint. How's it going? Hey, good, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Having me on. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been on a on a very nice day down in in my part of the world. It's it's actually been a, a bright blue sunny sky. How's the weather where where you are? Yeah, about the same actually. Yeah, I'm down in Bournemouth. Nice. So ah, great. Not a million miles away. No, where are you where are you about? Uh, Winchester. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that must be nice uh, on a day like today. Um, head down the beach and whatnot. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> lovely, jubbly. Uh, well, as I say, Clark, it's it's lovely to have you on the show. Um, and for anybody that hasn't come across your uh, outstanding work so uh, just yet, uh, what do you do in the world of comics? Uh, so I'm an artist, a comic book artist. I do pencils and inks and the occasional colouring. Excellent. Um, and and what are some of your uh, best known works? Uh, right now, I'm the artist on Kiltopia. I've done Kiltopia 3, uh, taking over from Craig Payton, and are now doing number 4, which is on Kickstarter. And uh, Frank, Frank at Home on the Farm, which is a horror yes. comic that came out uh, last year, which is now also on Kickstarter again. As I, We're kickstarting a, uh, a hardback cover version, where all the issues collected into one novel. Fantastic, and um, both of those Kickstarters people can check out. Obviously, just by by searching um, Frank at Home on the Farm or uh, Killtopia on Kickstarter. But both of those links will, will be in the show notes, folks. So, so go check out those Kickstarters as we're talking. I've um, also done and, some. Sorry, <laughs> uh, go on, Clark. I've also yeah. done some. Uh, uh, I'm working on in Heavy Metal magazine too. Uh, a story oh, called cool. Cyberarchy. Uh, currently drawing. Uh, number two of that so uh yeah. yeah that's something else going on oh that's awesome uh, when's that coming out um t- tbc tbc sweet <laughs> Get it will uh will uh be sure to follow you on social media for that um speaking of which where can people find you online uh mostly on twitter and instagram both at uh, at clark bent art check me out and i've got links to well if you go to my twitter actually i've got my link tree I've got everything on there. Ah, perfect, perfect. Uh, and again, all of those links are in the show notes, folks. So go follow Clark on twins, uh, Twitter, Instagram, um, and uh, go check out his work whilst we're chatting. Uh, now, all of that aside, Clark, um, I've got some some bad news for you. Oh, no. And that is that the sun has decided to emit a rather large electromagnetic storm right at us. Um, and, and this is our uh, newest apocalypse on the show, uh, the Solar Storm Reset, uh, which basically wipes out 
um, all of the uh, electrical devices on the planet um, and we're kind of you know kicked back to the Victorian era um, so my um, my first question for you is what is your action plan for survival oh, first thing I think is well it's about time uh, yeah then, <laughs> we haven't before didn't we like 100 150 years ago I think yeah um, so we were lucky that it, was, it wasn't just, now basically yeah um, so I am originally from Oxford so my idea is I'll go see my parents and just like go with mm-hmm. my parents. So I'll find a bike and I'll cycle up the 90 miles up there nice. because like there's nothing else I can do. Uh, if I go like, if I go there, I can go through these country lanes and miss out on like the, the kind of society cannibalizing itself yeah. and like, get back to the countryside. Um, I'll take some, I'll, t- <laughs> I'll take some of my housemates fruit and vegetables from their allotment too. And um, nice. I'll just, uh, I attempt to grow them in the countryside and just kind of wait out until some sort of Wi-Fi comes back, some sort of messaging, <laughs> pigeons or something. <laughs> Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Excellent. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so you're hanging out um, with your parents and uh, growing some of your, your housemates' um, vegetables on your new small holding. <laughs> which is very nice um and of, a, of an evening um your your parents uh are kind of intrigued about your um your comics history and uh the first question they ask you is what's the first comic you remember enjoying first comic i remember enjoying was probably a beano or a simpsons comic like the bongo simpsons comics they were both in yeah. sainsbury's so i would like pick them up you know, when I was, my mum was shopping and I just like read them and uh, get a copy of those. Uh, I used to love, I got, I still got like most of them and they're full of drawings. I've just like drawn in them as a kid. Like, over oh, the top. great. Um, kind of badly coloured in stuff which shouldn't have been coloured in, things like that. Sure. I also used to get those uh, Spider-Man comics, which were the same kind of thing. Like, you know, they could become like, they come vacuum packed and they've got toys in them. And the whole thing is basically a couple of strips and then some puzzles and things like that. And you can fill them out. So nice. I used to enjoy those. I, cause I used to remember reading the ones with uh, the Circus of Crime and drawing all the characters from the Circus of Crime and stuff. And Oh, there's another one I used to read uh, with the Hulk. And Bruce Banner's a janitor in a school. And there's a kid in school <laughs> who's like, I know you're the Hulk. And he and yeah. Ben Banner lists why the Hulk being the Hulk sucks. And then like the army shows up to destroy him and he destroys the army. And he, the kid learns that like the Hulk is, being the Hulk is a burden. And he's just like, cool. I love the Hulk. <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. And so where where did the drawing thing come from? Of course, you know, a lot of kids like just draw when they're young, but it sounds like you were quite voracious with it. Like you were really determined with it if you were like drawing every time that you're reading a comic. Well, I was always encouraged to draw really because my parents, well, my mum is an artist, uh, right. a fine artist and stuff, just like yeah. portraits and caricatures. So there's always been art in the house. Um, so I've always kind of had that inspiration to draw and reading stuff like the Beano, you get these characters that are like, you know, like Dennis the Menace and Minnie the Minx and Calamity James. And they're all kind of like funny and gross looking, but like kind of mm-hmm. like Dudley D. Watkins, Ken Reed charm. They still have it actually. I picked up a, a Beano uh, quite recently actually to see what's going on. And it's like the same thing. It's great. Yeah. So that kind of style is always, I just love drawing those kind of funny characters. And then it just moved into like superheroes and the Simpsons comic also had, you know, I draw Homer Simpson all the time. I still draw Simpsons like all the time, but Brilliant. I draw, um, I would draw the radioactive man stuff as well. That would, would be in oh, the nice. script that was in like a, 
uh, Steve Buscema, Steve Buscema style, right. like box style. That's fantastic. And so then, um, obviously, drawing from when you were very young, um, and did you pursue it through your education? Uh, yeah, so I did illustrate, I did art, sorry, for GCSE yeah. and through Ray level, mm-hmm. yeah. then onto foundation art in Oxford Brooks, then right. uh, studied illustration in the uh, Arts University in Bournemouth. Which I, know, I think it's changed its name now because it's no longer an arts university, uh, university college. Yeah. Sorry, it's something else now. But right. So yeah, I've done the whole whole thing really. Excellent. And then, um, where did you kind of get your um, your first break um, for for drawing a comic? That was with Matt Hardy and Ash Deadman with right. Murdermost Mundane by yeah. Mad Rebel Comics. That was uh, I was a friend of Ash and his brother in school so we he, he talked to me and was like i got a comic idea like you you would be suited to do so i was like yeah cool i'll i'll, I'll give it a swing and uh it was a swing and a hit and um nice. you know we've uh, since then we've kind of been doing our own little things and it's been really nice that was a really fun and a very stressful time to to try and draw it though because it's like my first comic that i did that I, that I drew and it was like 60 pages or something and uh, I was living in Spain at the time, so in the summer it was like forty degree heat, and I'm like sweating over oh the page. So I can't work in the daytime; <laughs> I have to work at night time. Yeah. Oh, geez, yeah, that's uh, that's hardcore. Um, and uh, so then from there, um, obviously you, you got um, Frank at home uh, on the farm, mm-hmm. um, and any other projects? There was. Uh, so we did Murder Most Mundane, and then we did like a little yes. concertina story, like spin, like spin-off kind of origin concertina story about that nice. called The Hanged Man. Uh, then Frank at Home on the Farm, then Cyberarchy One, then Kiltopia Three. So that's pretty much it so far. Wicked, uh, yeah. And then uh, obviously Kiltopia as well, mm. um, and uh, yeah, Craig, um, who's a friend of the show. Um, yeah, um, obviously did the first two issues. Um, and then, um, yeah, Craig uh, moved on to his own own project, um, yeah, Hard Code. Um, and then uh, Dave obviously looked for an artist. How, how did you get on board? Uh, Dave just put up a message basically saying uh, he's yeah. looking for artists for Cotopia 3. So I just sent some sent some of my stuff, did a, yeah. um, like a, a preview page. And he liked it, uh, and uh, yeah, it was a, it was kind of a long, long waiting <laughs> um, for him to get back to yeah. me. But yeah, here we are now. Yeah, now I bet there was a long list of people to have to go through. <laughs> I bet really, um, and, and and you know, having know, knowing Dave a little bit, um, he, he will take it very seriously, going through absolutely each and every one. Oh, sure, yeah, he's very thorough. Yeah. <laughs> but he is very thorough. <laughs> um, so, oh, that's fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it seems like the the latest Kickstarter is is another huge success. So congratulations! Yeah, thank you. Yeah, funded in uh, just under eight hours, I believe. Uh, oh, only eight hours! So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely epic, man! Um, fantastic, and yeah, again, folks, go go check out uh, Killtopia and um, Clark's other Kickstarter, Frank at Home on the Farm. Uh, now, uh, going back um, to your conversation in this new um, 
uh, unelectrified <laughs> society that we're now living in. Um, and your parents ask, what's the funniest comic that you've read? <laughs> well, I'm crying tears for the, for the, for the 21st century. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it was, I used to have the Spider-Man uh, annual, I think it was the 2004 one. And it had like a collection of stories. It was, it was, it was really good, but like one of them was weird. It was like, it starred, uh, who's that talk show? Uh, Jay Leno. It's basically Spider-Man teams up with Jay Leno to take on ninjas. Right. And it's drawn by um, Greg Capello. It's weird, but it, it stuck with me. Um, I used to think right. that like Greg Capello had this kind of like, kind of charming, like manly voice, like American action hero voice before I heard him in real life and realized he sounds exactly like the Bill Hicks impression. And I was like, whoa, this <laughs> comics lied to me. But there's another comic in there where Spider-Man is uh, waiting at the top of the Empire State Building for the Vulture. And it's like snowing really hard. There's like a snowstorm in New York and he's just like having a bad time. <laughs> and uh, it's just really, it's a very good Spider-Man comic. Like a very good, like everything kind of goes wrong for Peter. Um, he doesn't want to meet up with the Vulture, but it's kind of ended up happening and he keeps slipping on black ice on the New York rooftops and things. There's another comic as well in the same one where Peter is trying his comedians, his comedy stand-up routine for a, for a stand-up show on <laughs> criminals and stuff. There's like a, a mime gang and they're not speaking and he's just like fighting them. And then he goes to do the, to do the show and he just freezes and he can't do it in front of people without a mask on. <laughs> I think that entire, that entire book just makes me laugh. They're like pretty hard when I was a kid. <laughs> nice I still got it as well. Oh, great. So you can kind of relive. Oh, absolutely. Um, relive those days. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's excellent. Uh, now, uh, changing gears, uh, what's the saddest comic that you've read? Probably it's between When the Wind Blows by Raymond Briggs or mm-hmm. Mouse by Art Spiegelman. Yeah. I, I don't want to spoil any of them, but When the Wind Blows is about, uh, uh, it's about like if nuclear war happens in the 80s, yeah. in like 80s Britain, yeah. and it's about two. It's a really nice elderly couple who are just following government guidelines about what to do, and they're in yeah. like they're in like a, a, a bunker by themselves, trying to wait it out until they get information. And it's based off his own parents, I think. Oh, and really? The whole story is just like this. It's 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 sad and stuff, but it's also like cruel in like yeah. that kind of way. It's yeah. There's not much I can say about it without spoiling it, other than go read it. It's like it's like the Snowman, where it's it's the you know big comic strip squares. Wonderfully mm-hmm. drawn, wonderfully written, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, for for, for anybody <laughs> um, that doesn't realise, because um, obviously Ray, Raymond Briggs is like um, behind um, the the Snowman. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's the? Um, is it like Peter the the Park Ranger um, or something? There's one about a giant who's invisible, and he did another one called the Man about a tiny man who lives in yeah. a kid's house. Yeah, but exactly. generally so, kind of funny stuff. Yeah, exactly. Usually funny stuff and like kids' stories. Yeah. And apparently, I forget who told me this, but somebody, um, when they were at school, like primary school, that the teacher got "When the Wind Blows" for the primary school kids because oh, it was no. by Raymond Briggs. And then, like, <laughs> they started reading it and they're like, "Oh no, this isn't a kids' story." Oh, did, they, did they finish it? No, 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 I think they pulled the plug on oh, that one. No. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Um, so it is not a kid story, folks. No, <laughs> Do not read it to your kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't read that one. 
<laughs> Excellent. Uh, now, uh, moving on to our next question, and that is, what's the scariest comic that you've read? Probably issue, I think it's issue one of Sandman, um, Preludes and Nocturnes. I haven't read the entire series, unfortunately, but I read mm. the first volume. I had the, it was in my school library, I think, and I read it. Oh, and nice. it's when it's Mobius is the titular character. Right. He is pulled out of his like realm by some crazy cult leader and being the Sandman, obviously people's sleep patterns start getting messed up throughout like this like time or history or something. I forgot what happens exactly. It's been a while since I read it, but what I do remember, because it's stuck, stuck with me forever, is that there's people who, there's like a kid in this World War One trench who's like a teenager, like 14 years old, and he's like super scared, obviously. And he keeps cutting back to these little vignettes of characters who can't or who can't sleep or can't wake up and the little kid goes through war and he has like PTSD, but he can't go to sleep. He's just unable to yeah. do it. So he's in this living nightmare of just constantly being awake with PTSD until he's like an old man, basically. Um, and it was stuff like that. And then there are all these other things which are just, they get so like sad and depressing. But what happens in, I remember the, the occult leader or something, he gets punished by the Sandman, I believe. And he gets like the same kind of comeuppance. But then he has, he's like living an eternal awakening. Where he keeps right. waking up, thinking it was all over, and then and then realizing he's still in a dream, and it's this constant process. And I was just like, "This is this is like an I can't imagine being in that situation, but also I can, and that's the problem." <laughs> yes, absolutely horrifying. Yeah, totally. Oh man, yeah, and obviously that stuck with you, um, yeah, because it stuck with you since since school. Was it secondary school? That was secondary school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, primary school. Hopefully not. Hopefully nobody's. <laughs> yeah, no in there, in there, yeah. <laughs> it's in a primary school library. Yeah, no, <laughs> I hope not. Um, excellent. Uh, now, uh, moving on to one of my favourite questions, uh, and that is, what is your favourite cover? Um, Amazing Spider-Man annual from 1961. I think it was. It was a Steve Dicko drawn one. Uh, yeah, annual one from 1964, Amazing Spider-Man. That was it. Um, yes. Basically, it's 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 got uh, Sinister Six on the front. Uh, yeah. Slightly topical, and um, it's yeah. just it's it's got a kind of cool like Steve Dicko style where it's kind of quirky and janky, and the positions is like it's the most Spider-Man position ever where he's like kind of weird sideways hanging off a yeah. weird web setup, and the the font is all different colors. Um, the characters are just kind of like barely in the, the frame around the text and stuff but yeah. in that race Steve Dicko way because I'm a huge Steve Dicko fan of his style uh, and um, I saw an exhibition of his in Mallorca when I was living there a couple of years oh, ago right. and it was amazing you saw like his old actual pencils um, from some pages there was one where he had inked Jack Kirby's pencils uh, there was right. Mr. A stuff there were screen uh, sorry photocopies of the original Amazing Fantasy 15 pages and the wow. issue where he's like holding up the, um, you know, he's in the water and he's holding up all the, the junk. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was really, really cool seeing all that. So yeah, that cover That's is like cool. classic 60s quirky Steve Dicko for me. Nice, man. And yeah, no, this is um, just, it's got everything you need for Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah. It, was, it, was um, between, it was between that for me and um, the Marvel's cover with Giant Man. The Alex right. Ross one, where there's the main character with his camera, and he's just looking, yeah. he's just looking up a giant man. 
because um, that was the first I think that was the first Alex Ross image I ever saw and it blew my mind and he's influenced me <laughs> nice. ever since as well this is dynamic way of drawing things 100% man and just looking at the price so it's 25 cents for yeah. 72 big pages <laughs> yeah that's amazing that's um, uh, incredible isn't it what, um, what a different now. time we live in yeah right um, yeah, it's going to be a lot for for an original. <laughs> I thought, um, yeah, uh, it's some good profit margin there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, now, um, moving on to another of my favourite questions, and that is, what's the most meaningful comic to you? Uh, I think this one is also Marvels, um, mm-hmm. it's because it's it's just everything that I love about that I love about comics where it's, you've got this simple kind of four-part story. It's not simple, but it's, it's, uh, it's expertly told in a way that you, you can just pick it up and read it. You know, there's lots of, obviously a lot going on. It, was kind of, it came at a time when I was kind of into superhero co- superheroes, but not reading the comics, like right. I was into the movies and stuff. And I would read the, like the Wikipedia pages of all the characters and like look at them on like comicartcommunity.com like in 2008 or nine or something when I was a kid, uh, a teenager. And um, but Marvels is full of references to other characters and stories in a way that I had never seen before, but like always mm-hmm. wanted. Like you know, you imagine that you imagine all your favorite characters. This is like obviously pre MCU. You're imagining all these characters turning up and stuff, yeah, in some cool way. And it was from the but it was from the per, the, the uh, point of view of the public, uh, right? And you know, it's, again with the, the the Giant Man cover, it makes it abundantly clear that's what it's about. And also the, um, oh my God, there's another cover, sorry. The one with um, Green Goblin is fighting Spider-Man on, in, this, in the New York skyline. And there okay. are people like having coffees up in a skyscraper. And I always remembered it because there's a, a waitress in the foreground and she's like on the phone and her hand is like stretched out in surprise. And the hand is like translucent with the light shining through it. And I remember that detail because I'd never seen that kind of, you know, painting in a comic book before. Wow. Or in any kind of like comic setting before. And that was, I was, you know, it changed what I thought comics could be. And it was, I scary. love moments like that. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. It's really cool. It really changes your, your whole perspective of what can be done with the, with the format, with the medium that can't be done right. in film or literature or anything else. Yeah. Exactly, man. No, that's so cool. Um, and so, um, going back to Marvels, um, why, why was it, is it so meaningful to you? I think it's just the way that it's portray it portrays these heroes in a really cool, realistic way, but in a way that's not, it's not trying to be gritty, obviously, you know, it's before that, well, it's kind of after that time, isn't it? But it's before, yeah. it's before obviously like the, the Nolan Batman stuff. It was written in the nineties, yeah. painted in the nineties. So, um, it's just a very cool way of rendering these characters. Like Captain America is just wearing like, you know, whatever, Lycra, uh, mm. Spandex, Spider-Man is the same. They've got creases in them. Silver Surfer is like pure, like silver. And he looks so cool, like amongst all the other elements that, is, that are being drawn. The faces in, in, the, um, in, the, in the entire series are drawn with like such, you know, there's realism there. It's like a character doesn't just portray one emotion. They portray, you know, multiple emotions in one image, which I guess we do that in real life. But in in Alex Ross's work, obviously, it comes across, you know, someone doesn't just feel sad; they feel remorseful or frustrated at the same time. It's not just like sad. Um, it's, it's multiple things going on, and of course, there's like the super tense bit where, the, you know, the 
the X-Men turn up and it changes the tone completely in that one issue. There's um, mystery when at the first issue when the human torch is created and the submariner turns up and you don't know who these characters are. Uh, well, I mean, the, the public don't know who they are, but obviously we as a reader know who they are. And it's kind of that cool, you're excited to read it because you, it's like, you know, again, with the, it's like the MCU kind of thing where you as a fan can see these characters, how they're, they're coming up, you can see them running towards you almost, you know, narrative wise. And you're like, it's, it's coming, yeah. Spider-Man's coming. Um, <laughs> and, um, but also they got some links into it to like Wally Woodwork, uh, uh, Jack Kirby, Steve Deco, you know, all those classic artists. And a lot of the imagery that like Sarasa used from those artists have also stuck with me. And I'm a huge Hollywood fan. I'm a huge Steve Ditko fan. I'm a huge Jack Kirby fan. And that was kind of my first introduction to how those people would use their art to create these characters and create the story. And then obviously Kirby Osiak wrote it in a way that made that all accessible. It's a love letter to the Golden Age and the Silver Age and all that kind of stuff. It's awesome, man. Nice. Um, and again, it's something that you can kind of reference back to. Um, yourself and kind of be <clears throat> re-inspired from that um, initial moment that you were. Um, that's awesome. Uh, now, new, moving on to another interesting um, and insightful question. Uh, what's the most underrated comic? Uh, okay, so there's this comic in Kiltopia, sorry, there's a page in Kiltopia 3 that I used mm. to reference this comic. Um, cool. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's there's a the scene is basically a spiralling there's a spiraling shape in the background of one of the pages, like a bit later on in the book. And it's based on an image uh, by Norwegian pop artist Harriton Pushwagner, who drew a comic called Soft City. And Soft City is this huge, uh, it's this huge kind of book. It's like 40 by 30 centimeters or something. It's like this huge wow. comic. It's like A3 size, basically. And it was yeah. all drawn with like paper and ink. And you can see on the original art, where like all the whiteout is and all the the art is drawn, but it's not drawn obviously like a, like a traditional comic. It's 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 very fine arty. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like if Stanley Kubrick wrote a comic. It's, mm-hmm. The narrative is very is like in the day of the life of a man who wakes up and has breakfast with his wife and his baby and goes to work. But there are pages and pages of him commuting, and it's just you turn these big spreads, and it's just him in traffic with the buildings, and he redraws every building and redraws every car, and it's hypnotic and the characters speak in like commercial slogans and catchphrases like that's their <laughs> how they talk to each other the, the only character who really actually wants to break free from the world is the baby who leaves his cot um everyone else just lives in this world where they just do the same thing over and over again um it's it's, it's also got a cool history it's like soft city was founded in matic in 2002 because the artist um he he had like this really like crazy life and he finished soft city in like 1975. And then there's like a blurry period of his life covered by like amphetamine and stuff and money problems. And he lost the book. And he, he said that like all 269 pages were stolen. Um, but his biographer says that they were lost on route to Norway. And he like slept in the street for like two years and he was homeless in Norway. And oh, he, he signed away all the rights and then it was found. Yeah. Founded an attic after that. And he settled in court to win back the rights to publish the book. Yeah. And now everything is like available. It's this really cool history. That's and crazy, man. I didn't know it existed until I saw it once in, in Waterstones and it was just there. I just bought it because yeah. it looked cool. 
and then it's you know that's the beauty of, of comics really that, and, that, and that kind of level of comics too you know aside from the big two and all that you can just find these cool little things that have like their works of art you can there are links beyond the actual story themselves that's wicked i wonder if there's a documentary on that i um, hope so you'd hope so because it kind of sounds like searching for sugar man I don't yeah. know if you've seen that one. No, I haven't seen that one. I've heard that's one of the best documentaries ever, right? The, it's the... incredible. Yeah. It's just amazing. Um, yeah, it's, that's about a, a musician um, who's kind of around at the same time as, as Bob Dylan hmm. was becoming big. And, you know, some people were saying that this guy, I forget the guy's name, um, is bigger than Bob Dylan. Um, but, you know, he he didn't make it in America. Um but he got really big in South Africa, okay, randomly. Um, but he didn't know about it, and obviously the record company just took all the money. Yeah, and then it was like it wasn't until like the early two thousands as well, where you know somebody reaches out to tries to find him, and then discover that you know he's like a a floor manager at a factory or something, <laughs> and then yeah, uh, then he ends up. Um, doing a big tour of South Africa, um, and yeah, he's just but he's just still totally down to earth about the whole thing. It's incredible documentary. That's awesome. Yeah, but no, it sounds like I mean, sounds like um, Harrison Push Wagner was being through through the wars. Himself. Yeah, <laughs> you thought somebody would have, um, yeah, done done that. I'll try and search for that. Let but uh, yeah, no, thanks for uh, making me aware of that because that was one that I was not aware of. Oh, it's fantastic. Definitely pick it up if you can. Yeah, definitely. Um, it looks really, really interesting. Um, so, yeah, no, um, that's one I'm definitely going to check out. Thanks, man. Um, so, um, moving on to our penultimate question. Uh, what comic would you recommend to a friend who's never read comics? Something that shows what a comic could be, I think. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, uh, superheroes are everywhere. Uh um, we all, you know, we all yes. know about comics like the Beano and stuff. Are kind of through cultural osmosis, we just know them. Uh, so, I think I would start off with something like We Three yeah. by Grant Morrison and Frank Wiley, because nice. uh, it's a it's a really cool concept. Like, if I was just like to to um, describe it to someone, I would just you know the elevator pitch is basically like mm-hmm. um, it's a homeward bound, but with machine guns, like with drones. I instead and uh <laughs> yeah and that's probably like a terrible description someone's banging their head on the yeah. desk listening to this now like, <laughs> that's always <but>, pretty apt <laughs> <laughs> because it's like it's it sounds weird or even silly but it's crafted in a way that like it's you know you really emote so you really feel for the characters in the in the story through the process of reading it um as you go into the story it's again it's a really simple premise for a story it's just get from a to b um, with you know yeah. everything built around that, and it's it plays really well with the narrative of like the, sorry with the concepts of animals talking through computer voices. So like the dog speaks like a dog, but in like they say things they'll they'll speak to themselves in a way that I can't really understand. I can't really I can't really replicate it. You just got to read it to figure out how they talk. Yeah, makes sense. But the idea is that with the actions themselves, the action scenes, the animals experience senses much more intensely than we do as humans so the panels like frank wiley has designed these amazing panels where they kind of go not just backwards and forwards but like 
up and down and they go through like the space of the page. Um, they twist and they turn and rotate and the actions will have like, you know, there's one famous image where a dog, the dog in the drone outfit jumps through a Jeep and amongst it are lots of tiny panels showing what the dog's experiencing. And it's like close-ups of teeth and blood and, and a uh, soldier inside. And it's really like, it's masterfully crafted. And it, I think that's a good gateway to other comics because that lets you, it eases you in with, with a cool premise um, that will let you, you know, want to explore like more other kind of scene, like alternative or indie comics. Yeah. Even though it's not, I don't think it's an indie comic really, but it, you know, it's that, that style, it's that kind of energy. Definitely off the beaten track. Yes. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Now that's cool. And that's a, that's a great recommendation. Um, and I think you're quite right. It's kind of, it's it's intriguing and um, it's a great use of the comic medium yes. and will hopefully um, pique people's interest into, okay, so what's actually possible with comics as a storytelling device? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's excellent. Fantastic. Uh, now, uh, last question. Um, if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse, which would it be? Okay, I thought about this one. For I was like, I don't know what it could be. Because uh, there's so many genres, but I've got my. I think my the one I would take is something kind of underground, like an underground comics. Maybe something mm-hmm. like American Splendor by um, uh, Harvey Pekar and various artists he worked with, including like Ed Piscor and Robert Crumb. Many because like the paper, <laughs> the paper would be useful in the apocalypse, like all that paper. Um, <laughs> but also like the, the stories themselves are mundane, kind of like. It's just him talking about his life, and he worked in like a mail, a, like a, a post office or something. And mm. it, his he, his friends feature in the comics, and he'll he goes off on these these mo- these ranting monologues about like people getting his name wrong that lasts for pages and pages. And it's just like I that's I like those kind of stories. It would, be, it would remind me of my own humanity if once I'm like falling apart in the apocalypse. Nice. Like if the, everything's crumbling around and it's like yeah. suddenly the humans start to look quite delicious and stuff. It's like, no, I need to, <laughs> I need to focus because one day... Recalibrate. Knows, Recalibrate. Yeah, yeah, something will happen. Who knows? <laughs> the, the Wi-Fi will return. I can tweet about it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, and then along with the uh, collected editions of American Splendor, what weapon, tool or useful item would you like to take with you as well? Something sharp, like a knife. Uh, I don't yeah. know what kind of knife, but something which is like a weapon, uh, but also, I mean, I probably won't use it as a weapon, but you know, you know, you never know. You never but know. For traveling and stuff, you know, you can cut things, you can carve things, you can make your way yeah. through like cool travels and stuff. Because nobody's gonna, nobody's going to look after like country paths. So you'll have to cut your way through foliage. Exactly. But also yeah. you can still use it to create art. You can, yep. you can carve things. You can, you can create actual useful things out of the tool. Yeah, this is a very versatile thing, I think. Definitely. Nice, man. Nice. No problem at all. So probably a machete. Yeah, a machete. That'd be great. Uh, mache- uh, machete art. <laughs> machete well. art? Yeah. Like nice. like, copying, like chopping down trees and making sculptures out of a machete. Oh, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> might, might just have to give that a go anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sounds <yeah>. like fun. <laughs> just get a tree stump and then see what you can do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, Clark, Ben, thank you so much for sharing your comments for the apocalypse. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, yeah, no worries. Thanks for inviting me on. It's been a lot of fun. Fantastic. And for the listeners, one more time, where can they find you online? 
at Clark Ben Art on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and I've got shops, links to my shops on Linktree, to my Etsy, and my my old press. You can buy comic book pages, original art, prints, oh, great. things like that. Nice. Excellent. And of course, yeah, all of those links from the show notes, folks. Uh, so go go check out Clark's work and perhaps check out um, some some of his original pages and see if it tickles your fancy as well. Um, and are you, are you planning to go to any cons later in the year at all? I've, I've got Thought Bubble coming up, so I'm going to be there. Great. Cool. Um, as an exhibitor. And then I'm, I may end up at MCM just around. Um, yeah. But yeah, it depends, I guess, on, on various things. But Thought Bubble is the one which I've been was supposed to go in 2020. So 2021 is my yeah. role over one. So I'm excited about that. 100%. see lots of friends there. Definitely, definitely. Unfortunately, I won't be able to make it to Thought Bubble. And it's looking less less likely I'll be able to go to MCM London because uh, that's kind of basically my my wife's due date. <laughs> so it's it's highly unlikely that I'll, I'll be going to either unfortunately uh, it was a shame but uh yeah family first so uh yeah that's uh that's the way the cookie crumbles uh but yeah again Clark thank you so much um for, for coming on the podcast today and uh, hopefully our paths will cross someday at a con in the future yeah absolutely yeah that sounds great to me thanks again man take awesome. care thank you bye Thanks again to Clark for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Clark's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news, the comic club, and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.